Welcome to Weed Week. I'm Alex Halperin. And I'm Donnell Alexander. So this is the Weed Week podcast. And for lots more Weed Week newsletters and material and stories and journalism, you can find us at weedweek.net. And on Instagram and Twitter, we are Weed Week News. Our guest today, we have a big guest, and we have a lot to say about him before he comes on. It's former heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. But before that, we're going to quickly turn to an important breaking news story that came out at Leafly by David Downs. Yeah, and it's getting a lot of talk. It's a story about what's going on inside your vape pen. There's lead. They're finding it in a small amount of uh, vape pens around the, around the state, around the state of California. And because California's testing requirements, my understanding is, are stricter than other states, it means that there may be lead in, in other vape pens as well. And my understanding- I would go with probably. Isn't it yeah, fair to say? Because the origin of the lead is not in the, the marijuana, it's in the vape pens, which are manufactured in China. And there are different levels. The story has a lot of detail, but there are different kinds, and lead is very dangerous, and obviously- we want to find out more about this. Yeah, at SC Labs, the founder reported that 0.5% of the vape cart patches he tested have failed for lead. I mean, that's not a small amount. The human body does not tolerate lead in any amount. It's hard to tell exactly what products are at risk or what brands are at risk, but this needs more attention. So in, in California, it sounds like the issue will largely be resolved at the end of February when products tested under new regulations reach shelves. So it sounds like some of the higher-end brands may use higher-quality cartridges and may not be at as much risk. But one of the frustrating aspects of the story is it, it doesn't really say which which brands to, to avoid. Yeah. If you have a vape pen that you bought before January 1st, do you need to throw that away? That's really, I mean, if you're safe, that's what you're doing. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think, I think we need more information. Ongoing story. Yeah, we, I was just bragging about how well the um, actual bud is tested and its standards that rival food testing. And then you hear about this, and it's kind of um, it's an uneven bag, ain't it? Yeah. All right. This week we have a, a pretty remarkable guest, the, the former heavyweight champion of the world, Mike Tyson. And it, it's almost hard to say it because it used to be like that used to be a title of such important. Well, no, that's what I'm getting at. Like, he, you all are younger than me significantly. If you're in your 30s, you don't really know who Mike Tyson was because you don't know what boxing was. Boxing was such a big deal. Such you, a big deal. The heavyweight champ was always like one of the five most famous people in America. You know, Muhammad in the Ali, world, probably. Yeah, Joe Lewis, and you know, all the way back to Jack Dempsey and people like that. But you know. It also, he came at the start, the very start of ESPN, where there was no real programming there. So on Friday nights, they'd show these Mike Tyson's fights. If I remember right, he was 19, and he was striking because he was like, he's not that tall. He didn't wear socks, and he didn't wear a, a, a robe. He just came out like a real warrior, and he knocked people out. People couldn't last a minute with him, and so he was a sensation. And, and he had the video game that made him sort of a... A giant of well, that was my later. Childhood. You have to understand that was later. He, he, do you know Robin Givens? Do you know who that is? They were married. Right? Yeah, search for Robin Givens, Barbara Walters, Mike Tyson. 
It was remarkable television, stuff in the 80s that you never forget. He's Mike Tyson. At that point, he's a larger-than-life person, and I really wanted to, to talk to him. So, so Mike Tyson, is he is now promoting a cannabis EDM festival. Out in the desert, Desert Hot Springs, where he has a ranch. Okay. Yeah, it's a 420-friendly festival. The R&B singer Miguel is going to be there. There's going to be a bunch of DJs from the world of EDM that I don't actually keep up with. But, you know, that was only partially why I wanted to talk to him. There was this one question I really wanted to ask, independent of this podcast or whatever. I always wanted to ask him a question about brain damage because I think I have my own personal narrative about brain damage that we'll talk about over a joint sometime. But I wanted to ask him this question, and his reaction is literally one of my favorite reactions in my podcasting experience. So look forward to that. I want to tease that just a little bit. (laughs) But, you, you know, we, we also have to acknowledge that, you, you know, like most or like a lot of folks in boxing, Mike Tyson has has hurt a lot of people. He's hurt people in the ring. He's hurt people out of the ring. I think he he was served prison time for, for rape. It was a big deal. The Mike Tyson thing, that was pre-OJ. Yeah, it know? was. And it, it sort of captivated the nation in a way that we don't really talk about. He was a giant figure. He was a the being the heavyweight champion of the world. You were expected to have you know a real sort of cultural weight and you did have a real cultural weight even though you were beating people up guys who hit people in the head for a living i mean it was that says a lot about the era that we were in and maybe we'll look back on football the same way that you made mma it's not like people have gotten sick of watching other people beat each other up right and i'm gonna push back a little bit because i do think like mma to me is a gross activity boxing is the sweet science and there is something artistic and vaguely scientific about the pursuit it's about our bloodlust and i think i think that sort of thing is waning you know yeah he's a part of that and that's why it was interesting to have him on you know he's not he'll be in the history books for as long as we have history books and there was just a whole way of life pre-cable tv and internet where people could be at the center of life and everyone knew who they were we weren't so segmented so janelle did the interview and as sometimes happens with boxers and former boxers who have complicated lives the interview situation wasn't ideal and that ideal is such an understatement alex i mean he was supposed we were supposed to have him on the phone hannah you know i don't even want to do phone interviews if they're on a landline i don't want to do them and we had this agreement with mike tyson and you will do it for mike tyson We'd be on a landline. He wasn't. He was on a bad cell phone at Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> and I think there were a couple reasons he was distracted. I mean, he seemed distracted in the way that many pot users seem distracted. But he also, I think he was paying attention to the other show. So, you know, I was I was happy to get what I could out of him. I, ordinarily, I'd call this unairable, to be frank. But it's Mike Tyson. It's pretty funny in places. Insightful, maybe. All right. So here's here's Mike Tyson. I grew up watching you. You must hear that all the time, but we're about the same age. So when I was a kid, you know, I always charted my life sort of next to yours, ups and downs and all. And our producer here and my partner, they're young. They don't really know what you were back then or, for that matter, what it meant to be heavyweight champ of the world. Can you actually tell us what it was like? What you Were you king of the world back then? Hey, um, yeah, it was a really uh, an ego-riding experience. Yeah, maybe to have that kind of... Um disposition you can't even express it you know everywhere you go all over the world it's like 
you live in your you're in your living room, everybody's coming up to you and I, I wasn't able to handle that stuff. It was just more than I can perceive. So tell me about what it was like going in the clubs, because you're doing an EDM music festival. Yes. Were you hearing dance music back then? Where were you going? What was it like? I was going to Bentley. I was going to the Shadow Clubs in New York. I was just going to um, Chicago clubs. I was just going to, I was, I was partying all over the country, all over the world, really. Uh-huh. Are you a Chicago house or a Detroit dude? Yes. <laughs> tell me why you even started the festival, really. I thought that was something really beautiful to put to bring people together. I enjoy that stuff, and I just wanted that to be a part of my life as well. With the festival, what can people expect? What are they going to get if they buy the ticket to the Kind Festival? Oh, they're going to have a great show. They're going to, they're going to um, hear, listen to Miguel. They're going to listen to ASAP um, Ferg, and it's going to be an array of other um, musicians there. And I'm looking forward to this being a really um, big extravaganza. Well, can they can they smoke there? Well, um, if it's there, you can smoke it. I'm not saying there's a pop festival or anything like that, but if you have right. some, you, you know, that'd be awesome. Okay, but you're not selling it there. No, I'm not selling it there. How many acres do you have out there? I don't know how many acres it is. What, 400, something like that? 420? 420? Yeah, and on one, uh, yeah, and on one side is for the children, the family. So what does that mean? There'll be no smoking over there? What does that mean? No, no smoking or anything like that, but there'll be swimming over there. There'll be top golf will be over there. There's an array of stuff for children and family, restaurants, restaurants and all that stuff. And this is, this is all strictly on the 23rd of February, right? Yes. Some of this is going to charity, no? Yeah, homeless and drug addiction. What's the name of the organization? Do you have it? Standing United. Do you want to tell us about your relationship to pot, to cannabis? I mean, everybody's been talking about the Andrew Galata thing. I, you said that you had smoked pot before fighting him. But I know that's not the extent of your relationship to pot. No way. You know, I mean, listen, um, I'm the kind of guy, pot makes me a happy guy. Cannabis makes me a happy person. It makes me feel good about myself. It makes me happy. I don't like sometimes when the way I feel about myself without cannabis. I don't like that moody look and moody feeling I have. We had a guest on recently, Dr. Sherry Yafai, who talked about using cannabis as a way of getting people away from harder drugs. It's something new and hasn't been studied very much, but she's seen some success. What do you think about that? Because I know you've had your, your turns with harder stuff. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I mean, listen, uh, marijuana got me off of cocaine and all that stuff and drinking and all that stuff. Really? Um, tell me how. Hey, I don't use it anymore. You stopped using that. You started smoking. I had no... Um no kind of aptitude for that stuff anymore. I didn't want any of that stuff anymore, which I was very grateful for. How did you figure it out? Was it a gradual thing, or were you just, uh, did the light always go on with you in pot? No, it just it just hit it. It just clicked, and I didn't want to do the other stuff. I didn't want to drink anything no more. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to smoke cigarettes. I used to smoke cigarettes. I don't even smoke cigarettes or anything no more. That's great. Do you, do you invest in other cannabis stuff, or is it just this this festival and your pot that you grow? Well, we have a lot of stuff. We have like um, podcast that we're doing. We have a TV show that we're working on. We have water. We have carpet gel. Carpet gel. Okay, so this carpet, is not carpet all. Carpet gel. Carpet gel. I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. It's, it's, it's like it's like it's, it's just something like Bengay on steroids, you know. Oh, okay. So, cool. It so, doesn't have any. It doesn't have any smell. It doesn't have any burning sensation. 
Huh. Okay. Do you have a scientific component that's going on out there? Well, we have our university out there. We have the Mike Tyson Cannabis University out there. I think you should have told us about that because I didn't know that was a thing. What is Mike Tyson Cannabis University? Well, it's going to be a, it's going to be a place where people can go and visit and they can watch people um, distract uh, elements from the hemp that makes the marijuana and all that stuff. Learn how to grow and cultivate all that stuff. Learn the business. Learn the business aspect of it. You have those people to do that. Yes. You say some profound things, and I've always wanted to ask you this one particular thing because I, when I was young, I hit my head when I was seventeen, and it changed me a little bit. It was is one of those things that made me think about this quote. It made me accessible to this quote from George Carlin, and he said, "A little brain damage is good for you sometimes." Do you agree with that? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's pretty interesting saying that stuff to me because I'm really bizarre sometimes. <laughs> Listen, I, you know Teddy Atlas, of course. I, I interviewed him once, and he was slurring. He was slurring things, and I was taping him, and I couldn't really understand it. But once I actually slowed it down and got everything he was saying, he was saying some of the smartest, most insightful stuff I've ever heard. That's why I ask you. Okay. I know you're not a doctor, but I, I thought you might have an idea, because I know there's a point where it's too much, obviously, but I thought you might, have, you might have some insights. Is that not something that you have a thought on? I never thought about that. Do I sound like I'm slurring, though? I hope not. <laughs> I, I I haven't been fine in a long time. Um, I, there's another question I just have to ask you because we're in this Me Too era, and you went through all of this stuff with your case in Indiana, and it was so public back then. How would it have been different now in the era of social media and you know a, a really concerted Me Too movement? Do you think your trip would have been different? I have no idea. <laughs> You're texting somebody. I have no idea that would have turned out. Oh my god! But it was so big. It was almost OJ big. You know, when I think back on it, uh, just the. I guess I feel like we don't really remember a whole bunch of stuff these days because everything flies by so fast. But that was just in people's lives, obviously in your life for such a long time. I thought you might be able to like picture what that would be like in 2019. I have no idea. I don't even remember that stuff, man. That stuff is like a blur in my life now. Yeah, you've had a long life. I mean, I feel like you've had the longest journey. We had Rick Ross on last week. How's not Rick the rapper. doing? You, oh, so you know Rick. Okay. You know he's had a life, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you meet some people, you just go, how did you fit all of that stuff in there? I think I put you in that category, dude. Yeah, tell me about it, man. You've watched all these changes in pot. What's your thought on where the business business has gone, you know, where it's headed? Hey, listen, this is only the beginning. I think sky's the limits with this stuff. This is a no-brainer, man. Okay, and you saw that immediately? Exactly. It comes down to who they're going to buy it from, me or somebody else. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, do you have advice for people who are getting into cannabis, in particular athletes? If you know, What advice would you offer to people who don't know how to get in and know how to do all the array of things that you're actually embarking upon? Well, first thing you have to do is be educated. You have to educate yourself and be on top of the game as far as what to do with cannabis and the CBD and all the THC and research the laws of cannabis and make sure you stay legal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it especially harder for an athlete? I don't know. I don't know. I just think anyone can try. I don't think it's difficult for an athlete to do that. 
Well, you know, I ask. I ask because, 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 there's because certain... of the health and wellness aspect of it. The, the wellness aspect. It's good, for, it's good for the brain, yes. <laughs> now, do you think most people believe that? Um, Is that part of the education process we're talking about here? Yeah, that, that's part of the education process as well. And there's some mm-hmm. people that do believe that. So when you were young and you were you were dealing with cannabis, you weren't really publicizing it. I mean, did you have to sneak around? No, because I thought because it was a crime. You know, I thought anything you do with you before you get arrested, you wouldn't dare publicize it when I was a kid. Right. How do you feel now being able to smoke it halfway openly? I feel magnificent. Great. Never felt better. <laughs> but there's like a criminalizing aspect that you and I grew up with that I guess is pretty far gone. Yeah. I recently saw that people are still getting busted for carrying CBDs in the Midwest. You know, it's not it's not all lovely everywhere. They're gonna all have to they're gonna all have to realize that the times are changing. <laughs> well, they're changing. Yeah, I mean, were you surprised to see that New York's jumping on board for legalization? That's beautiful. Do you have investment plans back there? I know of some businesses already who are making moves to Buffalo, Rochester, whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much doing a, a, a national breakdown in all this stuff. I want to just be the best in the country so far and then eventually branch out to you know, university, university. Best in the country? I mean, you've already been the best at one thing. I, why do you seem so driven on this particular issue? Hey, because that's just who I am. I want to be the best. I know you couldn't have imagined this as a profession, as something to do hey, with the listen, Man, listen, a hunt man, you telling me. I can't believe this is my job. <laughs> What's the best? You know, I, mean? I, feel, I have to go to... I have to go to office every day. I understand that. But you have to believe that you go to office every day, you smoke, you go to business about guys investing in your business all day. That's all we, that's all we do business with guys that invest in us. We have so many people investing in us, we have to turn them down. <laughs> what's what's the average Mike Tyson, I'm sorry, the average Mike Tyson business meeting look like? Man, people coming in telling they have a great product and want to discuss being involved with our business as well. Mm-hmm. But you go to the office. Yeah, they come to my office most of the time. Okay. What's your office like? Where is it? Is it on the on the ranch? No, my office is in California in El Segundo, and it's, um, it's a pretty interesting office. It's by the airport, not far from the airport. Why is it interesting? What's cool about it? Because it's not far from the um, airport. We have a podcast there. A lot of high-profile celebrities come in there. But this is your dream job, basically. Am I right? Pretty much so, yes. I tell my kids that they're getting, they're getting sent to school by weed. <laughs> well, I don't tell my kids that, but they are too. What's what's the downside? <laughs> <laughs> what's the downside of all this? Yeah. Is there a downside? Yeah. Happiness. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's ridiculous, Mike. Uh, let me tell you. Um, I have to say that um, you, you sound like you, a man who sound, has found his calling. Is that correct? Hey, is it I a really better... believe this. Listen, man, I have no idea what would my destiny be if I never ran involved, got involved with this, this stuff right here. I have no idea where I would be and what destiny. I'd probably travel into Moscow somewhere to do a meeting somewhere. Oh, man, it's just so bizarre. You, you're a natural as a fighter, and it seems like you're a natural, natural at cannabis. You know how crazy it is for someone to get two of the perfect things for them to be doing in one lifetime. Listen, man, I'm telling you, I, like I was saying, I just can't believe that I became such of a, an entrepreneur, you know what I mean? The prototype to this stuff, you know what I mean? When you really think about it, I'll be the first guy really doing this stuff at this level. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it better than the fight game in terms of being lucrative or? Yeah, you, hey, listen, this, this, this is going to make, and if in all honesty and humbleness, this is going to make my fighting earnings look like shit. <laughs> that's not all honesty and humble. That's that's hyperbole, man. Come on, you are a great fighter. I mean, you'd have to make like a trillion dollars in cannabis to do that. Yeah, right? nah, we're gonna do, we're gonna make we're gonna do a lot. We're gonna listen. It's just, and it's not even about the money aspect. It's about being the best at it. You know what I mean? We got something again that we're the best at. Anything you want people to know? Because I know we should be wrapping this up. Okay, I just want everybody to know that Tyson Ranch has the best weed that we that ever been discovered before. <laughs> what kinds are you growing out there? Can you tell us? Yeah, we have sativa, we, we have sativa, we have indica, we have so many different springs, we have hybrid. Okay. And online, where are people going to find you? Tyson Ranch, buddy. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Mike Tyson on Weed Week. And um, Thank you. I'll, I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you, dude. Thanks for calling in. All right, brother. That's our show for today. As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Weed Week News or email us at hello at weedweek.net. Tell us about who was sort of a, a giant of, of your childhood. Don't forget to review us by giving on iTunes by giving us five stars. It really helps the show. And for lots more Weed News, you can sign up for the Weed Week newsletter, Weed Week Canada, and Weed Week California. All of those at weedweek.net. I'm Donnell Alexander. I'm Alex Halpern. Our producers, Hannah Smith and Alicia Byer, wrote our theme music. Additional music is from the late, great Andre Bush. We'll catch you again here next week. Peace. Peace.